Hey guys, this is Arturo, and I just want to promote a project that I've been working on. And if you are interested in fantasy football, particularly daily fantasy football, I've helped create an app. It is called FRS Fantasy Sports. It could be found on Apple or Android. Uh, we do things a little bit differently than FanDuel and DraftKings. We pick the stats. You pick the player that you think is going to perform best in those stats. We definitely have some unusual stats. Who will kick the longest field goal? Who will have the longest catch? Who will have the longest rush? This is what makes the game kind of fun. If you know the game of football and you're interested, check it out. It's FRS Fantasy Sports. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, so this is episode 39. We're going to talk about the fights last night, vigilanteism, and look at upcoming fights. So starting with last night, uh, what'd you think about it? So I only caught the main event, but it was such a great main event. And uh, Giga Chikadze versus uh, Calvin Qatar. Just, I think, two people that are on the rise but Calvin Guitar didn't seem like he was on the rise because he got just murdered by Max Holloway last January. So I feel like people were underestimating him where Giga was looking like this guy that was going to take over. And it was just like a brutal beatdown of Giga. And I was happy for Calvin to kind of come back, especially after that loss to Max Holloway. And I think it humbles Giga, which no, actually didn't humble Giga, but Giga needed to get humbled, and so I was happy he lost. Yeah, it was kind of crazy to see that Qatar can get such a one-sided beating and then the very next fight do the same exact thing to someone else. Like These, these are three fighters in the top five. I was begging last January on Channel 7, Max Holloway fought Calvin Qatar, and I was begging Qatar's corner to throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. I think Max Holloway set the record for the most amount of punches in a fight. Like connecting mm -hmm. with someone who was in the, I think it was like 600, something insane like that, more than 100. And that says also that Calvin Qatar is crazy tough because he didn't get knocked out after 600 shots. And it was like, oh my God. And I thought that was like the type of beatdown that like could ruin your career. Yeah. But he basically gave an almost equal beatdown to Giga. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we saw Max give a big, a big beat down to Ortega and then Ortega give a big beat down to Korean zombie. Yeah. May maybe getting beat up by Max is like the true baptism. It's not, <laughs> Mo it's not Masvidal that baptizes people. It's Max mm -hmm. Holloway. He just gives them like this positive energy. They call um, him blessed. Yeah, exactly. Max West Holloway. Cause after Giga's last win, we were talking about, oh shit, him versus Max would be a good fight. And now seeing what Calvin did to Giga. Like, I know MMA math doesn't always work, but mm -hmm. I feel like Calvin fought like Max, which was just ultra pressure mm -hmm. and never letting the person like breathe, you know, and like really like sit into their punches. And uh, yeah, Max, it, it, it kind of, yesterday was also a little bit of a win for Max too. And just happy for Qatar. And also, I don't know why more people don't throw those types of like just vicious elbows as punches. Cause sometimes I feel like it's defensive, like it blocks and you're just 
one elbow might be like three punches or something, you know, and it's just like devastating. Yeah, I mean, you got to be in range, but it was really cool. I mean, I don't think I've seen I don't know if I've ever seen it. I saw Qatar just basically throw like three or four elbows in a row and they weren't just repeated elbows because he was there. He's throwing combos with his elbows and just haven't seen that in a while. It's pretty cool. It was fucking beautiful and vicious. Giga's face was destroyed, all cut up. And Giga's like a little bit of an asshole because he said he was going to win this fight. Like, he's like, I'm going to dominate Qatar. Mm -hmm. He was upset that Korean zombie got the fight against Volk for the the championship after uh, Max had to step aside because of injury. So he's putting down Volkanovski. He's putting down Korean zombies, putting down Qatar. Qatar fucked him up. <clears throat> they take a picture at the hospital and then Giga does a, a FaceTime or like a Facebook video thing at the hospital. Mm-hmm. His face is mangled and he goes nine times out of 10. I beat Calvin. And this is the one time that I lost. And it's like, <laughs> dude, this wasn't a situation where Connor one shot at Aldo and Aldo's a legend. And it's like, yo, wait up. I fucked up. This was you got decimated for five rounds. Like show some respect. Yeah, here's the thing, though. So Giga's kicks are lightning, and I think Qatar took it away pretty much early. Like, I just the juice was just gone to be throwing the kicks that he does. But I do agree with Giga in that, like, should Korean Zombie have gotten the, the shot? No, that's no. A, that's a different discussion, and, and, and we'll get into that discussion. Okay. But it, it's clear he doesn't have humility because he was also putting down Volkanovski, and he's also putting down Qatar. And it's like, dude, focus on the guy that's in front of you. Instead of yeah. talking about everything else. And so he was like clearly eating up his own hype. And then to say nine times out of 10, you're going to be Qatar. Like he didn't beat you with some lucky punch. He like dominated you with right. his strategy that he implemented perfectly that you had nothing to do with. Like you had no way to stop. So yeah, I'm glad Giga lost. Plus Giga talked shit about my boy Ariel Hawani trying to act like he <laughs> is bigger than uh, the oh, game. There it so. is. So I was like, all right, good. Like, that was the point when you showed me that link. I was like, all right, I'm going to root against Giga. And then Calvin wins. I was like, yes, it's coming together. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. I, I also didn't watch any other fights on that card. Uh, I wasn't, I was too busy. The, the time of day was weird. I didn't even know it was even on until like last minute. Football playoffs is uh, kind of big. I was into that. Exactly. So, yeah, same thing. Busy. Yeah. I was like, but let me watch this fight. This fight has implications for the featherweight division and mm-hmm. i mean that division is definitely the funnest i'm still excited to see giga whenever he fights now in the future because he is so talented sure. mm-hmm. but I, I i was glad for calvin because the guy puts in so much work and after last january take a year off and then come back and put in that performance some good grappling from him too like you could mm-hmm. tell he's like yo i gotta grow as a fighter and that was a great win good for mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. uh good for him. What do you think is next for Giga? Yeah, maybe somebody like, I don't know. I think everybody in the top five could fight. Like, just because you lost doesn't mean like he has to like drop down so much. Okay. Put him, I, put him up against a Yair or somebody or Ortega. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Yair or Dan Ige or something. Yeah, Dan Ige or Ortega. Put him, whoever. They're, they're all good fights. You got to win. You, like we like we said yeah. earlier, I want I want the fights to be a little bit like football where it's like, why can't eight fight three? And then four, you know what I mean? And you put in a streak, then you fucking fight number one. I guess. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so two. tough with like 
the way the world is with like selling and not losing your ranking and it's a weird it's a weird game now yeah but look look how i feel about qatar like i think like the thing is about becoming fan favorites and look at people like Cerrone, the people that started it who gives a fuck like Cerrone never cared and that's why people loved Cerrone, and they knew he was a good fighter and if he lost they just assumed the other guy is also really good they never were like oh the other guy's a bum and you're a bum it was like oh fuck you beat Cerrone, you're good so all right but there are guys though that come off losses and get big fights it's like but that's like a rare thing. Like usually if you lose, people are quick to write you off like, oh, he's probably done. He's on the down. It that's sucks. If you're already, like that's, that. I feel like that's if you're already bad and you've already lost a couple. But if you're somebody like Cowboy, Cerrone, Max Holloway, like um, All right, Calvin Qatar, didn't you think like, oh, shit, I don't know if he's going to come back from that. Only because he got hit 700 times, not because I thought he was a bum. Like, right, I but I'm just saying, like, you think, like, oh, one loss, like, you start making questions. You're like, no, no, no. If you lose, you lose. It was just how he got beat, which was special. Like, it was a record setting beat down, All right. like, brutal. And uh, if Qatar loses his next fight, I'm a fan of Qatar still forever. Like, I know he's good because he could hang with Max for five rounds. Like, he beat Giga. Like, I'll just assume whoever beats Calvin Qatar next is just a good fighter. Mm-hmm. More so than like, oh, Calvin's picking and choosing all his fights. Like, you know, like I'll just always respect him. Fair. All right. Um, what do you think is next for Calvin? Yeah, same thing. A Yair or uh okay. or uh, like uh Dan Ige, like you said. Like, I don't think it's not like Calvin deserves a title shot. It's not like Giga needs to work his way back up. I think they're all in the same world and they all gotta fight each other. Yeah. Um they're, they're like all in the same division, you know, it's like the NFC East fight each other. Yeah, it's just tough because everyone thinks that they're the next title contender. Like, Yair thinks he's the next title contender. Like, everyone does. Yair's so annoying about that. Who did Yair just beat? Um, let's see. I gotta, I gotta look. He beat... Oh, he lost to Max Holloway. He beat Jeremy Stevens before that. It's not Who that reason. Yeah, so what the fuck are you saying? You're the in next in the line? Like, Yeah, so here's what's not- really crazy. is like, he lost to Frankie Edgar. He beat Korean Zombie, but I mean, that, that spinning elbow, that upward elbow thing was sick, but he was getting his ass whooped that whole fight. And it was in the last second. That was the most painful yeah. for all like, his zombies. I mean, he family. wins. He got the win, but it is a very, like, I don't, like, is he better than Korean Zombie? I don't know. And then Jeremy Stevens, uh, no contest. Then he gets a des- unanimous decision. Then he loses to Max. So I don't know why Yair thinks he's as good as he is. Yeah, Yair's got a, he's... I guess you have to be confident or maybe you got to just sell your shit. But I mean, Jeremy Stevens hasn't been good either. Yeah. I think Jeremy, I think Jeremy Stevens, hold on. I mean, Jeremy Stevens is a scary dude and hits so hard, but in the UFC, he's lost this last one, two, three, four. He's lost five of his last six. And then one of the one that he didn't lose was to Yair Rodriguez, which was a no contest. So it doesn't even count. Yeah. He hasn't won in the last three years. So I don't know what Yair is saying. I mean, he put up a great effort against Max Holloway. That was a great fight. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily deserve the title. And I think somebody like Korean Zombie like put in time into the UFC. And he's only had one attempt at the title. And that was like when he was a lot younger against Jose Aldo. I feel like you got to give it to him. Yeah. The last person he lost to was the last person that fought for the title, Ortega. Yep. And... 
it was a good fight until Ortega hit like a crazy great spinning back elbow. So I feel like Calvin Qatar took that spinning back elbow from Ortega yesterday. And I feel like I feel like Qatar was really studying a lot of fighters and you saw him implementing like, I'm going to start doing elbows. I'm going to start doing some of these takedowns. I'm going to start doing the spinning back elbow. It was beautiful to see. Yeah, it was cool. It's a great fight. Featherweight might be like my favorite division. Dang, that's crazy because I would say a lot of people don't really are not that interested in it. And I feel like the best featherweights then become the best lightweights too. So it's like like it's like a really good like feeding ground. Like I don't know, Connor, Poria, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, it's a good division. Dan Hooker's gonna go back to it. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I'd like to see Qatar fight Hooker. Like that'd be a good fight. That'd be a great fight. You know, like two guys, good boxing, good striking. Like, all right, Qatar's not the best in the division, but he's top five. Let's see where you rank, uh, Hooker, you know? Yep. Or Hooker Ortega would be a good fight. All of those are good fights. They really are. Now, well, speaking of fights, you want to bring up this uh, vigilantism you were wanted to uh, talk about? Yeah, it's this. So there was a story in New York. I think it happened on Saturday. So yesterday or Friday. But some homeless dude pushed this woman onto the subway tracks and she got hit by a train and died. A few seconds before he pushed this woman onto the subway tracks, he tried pushing another woman, but she saw that this guy was going to try to push her. So she like got out of the way. And then a few seconds later, he just went up to another woman and pushed her and pushed her onto the subway. And she got run over by the train and died. So obviously this is like, the worst thing you could do it's fucking horrible you're waiting on the train to go to fucking work or home or you yeah. know what i mean you're just like living your life and it's something like truly psychotic you know like sometimes kids will throw bricks off of like fucking overpasses and that'll kill people while they're driving and that's mm-hmm. also like psychotic but that's not like you don't see what you're doing sometimes you're just throwing things yeah. you fucking pushed somebody in front of a moving vehicle like you're evil or you're mentally deranged, insane. Yeah. But uh, the thing that kind of like what I had trouble understanding was after he did that, and this happened during the day, like the afternoon, this wasn't like 3 a.m. at night, you know? So this is in the Times Square station. So there's people there. He got on another train, ended up getting to like another station and then surrendered. In my head, I don't understand how people don't grab him and beat the shit out of him and potentially kill him. So wait a second. So he pushed a woman. Yeah. Who the woman now gets run over by a train. Aren't like people contacted? Like this guy just like boards another train in the same station. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he got even on that train. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe he gets off and goes to like another nearby station to take a train. Like that's that sounds so crazy to me already. Well, Times Square has like uh, twelve trains that go through it. Like the yeah. two, three, four, five, one, nine, and R. Like whatever. Yeah. And maybe he ran to like another part of the station and got on another train. Okay, feasible. Okay. But how is there not someone that doesn't fucking grab him? I heard another story on maybe the subway that happened. Who cares? Fucking old homeless fuck. Yo, like, maybe you know, someone tried. Maybe. Okay, maybe they did. But to me, you didn't try enough. And if only one person tried, if I saw another person trying, I would help that person trying. Because mm. now I know I'm not even alone in this. Like, all right, I got it. I got some help. And like, how is there's no way a 50 year old homeless dude is faster than everybody in New York City. Yeah. Like, like it just boggles my mind 
that he was able to surrender like so like if someone else saw like if one person just made the first move i think you'd probably find a few would do it but i think everyone was probably just waiting for someone else to make the first move like that happens in a lot of scenarios yeah it's called the bystander effect and i yep. get it mm-hmm. like i create i created a post to be a little bit provocative mm-hmm. like i didn't so in my post because i wanted to see how people reacted but it's basically what i said like how did this guy get away i thought new york city used to be tough is it that people are afraid of confrontation? Is it like that they thought it could be something more dangerous? But in my head, when somebody pushes somebody over a train, over like off the platform in front of a train, to me, I feel like they've given up life. And like, I almost wish people just fucking killed them. Like, you know, like just kicked them to death or whatever, like severely just fucking beat the fuck out of him till the cops came. The cops should be pulling people off of him while they beat the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to just see how people felt about my idea of vigilantism. So I took it further, you know, like rather than just beating out like kick killing. And Sambo Steve, who I totally respect and love, was like, I'm disappointed in your comment. So that hurt me. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. don't do that. Like, I want your approval. But <laughs> I also I get what he's saying, like, you know, because I don't also believe in like execution without trial. You but do, I, but I do a little bit with yeah, like yeah, some so people where like the proof is right there, like it's not like in any situation, you know, where I'm like oh ex like, but this guy pushed this lady right in front. He's clearly psychotic. He clearly is gonna add nothing to the world. Like there was another story of a guy. Well, here's the thing, though. Who, here's the thing. You don't know. You don't know unless you were there. So you let don't me tell know you if it was story. provoked. Not to justify it. You don't know if it's provoked. No, but it was, don't it was know the a condition of that person. He he tried to push a woman before. So it wasn't like he like this woman. So he was just like clearly a psycho. There's some psychos out there. For and there's sure. another guy. There was another guy that was a psycho at another station. He was it was like a huge, huge escalator. And he kicked this woman down the escalator. Oh, man. Being a woman on a subway is just not good, huh? No. And it's Fuck. just like, how do you not? defend the woman like at least if he did it to another guy like maybe there's like all right oh there's some beef or they knew each other but like he just kicked a woman down a subway like down an escalator she like broke her back how are people not fucking brutalizing this person i don't know yeah that is weird so i disagree with you in that vigilantism should be accepted but i agree in an instance where I don't think all physical contact with people should be treated like assault. Like, I no. don't think a fist fight that doesn't end with like, every, like someone dying is the worst thing. Like if there's no permanent damage, just a beat down. I think that's fine in certain instances, this instance. Yeah, sure. But like killing this guy, it's a dangerous road. It is a dangerous road, but I feel like some people like this, like should just die. Like, I don't get it. Like just throw them in front of another fucking train. But you can't like, determine someone's life, man. I feel like if I was in that situation, I would want to judge kill the jury guy. and executioner, man. That that's it's just a waste of taxpayer dollars and it's worthless. And he's clearly got mental health issues or whatever. So just let's end those mental health issues. I'll solve them. But you know what? I don't think that's a waste of taxpayer dollars. Those taxpayer dollars are going down to our judicial system in terms of determining and that's like our whole freedom is based upon that you know what i mean like he's gonna be sitting in prison for the rest of his life and we just feed him and 
everybody that's a different situation though that's a different situation where like it's it's fine to think about you know maybe you believe in the death penalty or not or like what a prison sentence should and shouldn't look like but determine if that person is guilty or not right on the spot is is kind of what he pushed her in front of a train or this other guy kicked the woman down the fucking escalator yeah like these These are are clearly guilty these are clearly guilty but you can't you can't determine a sentence on the spot like this is what a jury is for like this this is like the total freedom like you are innocent until proven guilty eye for an eye sometimes like for this dude yes eye for an eye yeah no eye for determines sometimes he just killed when you kill like killing is like this guy clearly could kill again stop him yeah stop him who any man like literally like how are you not trying to just tackle this fuck and be he's not That's some fine. six seven dt like from for the niners That's he's fine. a fucking so can you stop fun. him without killing him yeah you could no at least oh, minimum okay that. then just, that's what you do yeah i'm just taking it further in the sense like i wouldn't care if somebody <laughs> yeah, killed him you are but at the at the very least how did nobody take him down and yeah i have another friend tommy doyle black belt like awesome like i want i want to have him on the podcast and he was saying how once he uh went to stop a fight because there's like three teenagers like he said young looking too like 14 15 like in the middle of the street fighting and he's like yo they're fighting in the middle of the street that's not safe so he's kind of kind of like i guess suggest that they don't fight in the middle of the street and fight somewhere else mm-hmm. and then he saw oh shit one of them's waving a gun and they were like the other two were trying to get the gun and then he was like all right this is not worth it Mm-hmm. And then so I guess he was like advocating not getting involved in certain situations. And I get that, too. But when it's something as like deranged as this, at the very least, follow and call the cop. Like, I don't I don't think I would ever want the person to just go away and like, oh, I'll let other people handle it. Plus, I'm somebody that's not like that's fine. You can cops, assist with all the, cops arrest. Are the like, greatest there, like, regular there are, people should be involved. There are civilian arrests like you. You can do that. You can't yeah. kill him. I get it. Okay, so fuck killing. Ah, but here's How the thing. The 70% of the people on it? that poll agreed with you. Most people, I think, agree with vigilantism, and it's a dangerous idea. Oh, yeah. The poll was... I don't think, obviously, polls are distorted. The poll... The, part of it was my writing, which was talking about killing, and I was like, okay with the killing. But then the question for the poll was, do you agree with vigilantism? So I think if it was more specific, like you said, like, beatdowns versus not killing i think that's the way people are voting maybe that would think, decrease the number i don't know I if that would decrease. drop under 50 i think that particular person nobody should feel bad if he died okay so here's the thing i think a lot of people idealize the punisher right because this is what the punisher does yeah should he be idolized sometimes no he's psycho he has a problem he's not meant to be a hero yet you'll see his his emblem and logo Adonished on a lot of cops, civilian vehicles. I hate when cops have the punisher thing because that's not the cop's job. Mm-hmm. But as a regular individual. How about this? If- not even the cops. A civilian shouldn't even have that logo on their car. I mean, you can. You have the freedom to do it. But like in terms of who you are as a person, I don't think you understand the punisher. Yeah, that's fair, too. Like you have a you have a distinct sense of comic books. Do you ever watch the movie Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal? Mm-mm. Such a good movie, too. And it's also about vigilantism in Prisoners. Hugh Jackman's character, uh, his daughter is taken and kidnapped. And she's like eight, nine years old. And 
uh, her friend was also kidnapped. That's like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s daughter. And he's like, I'm with, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get my kid, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and he like kind of tortures like some pedophile dude. And he's not certain that that pedophile dude took his kid, but he like, he's like certain it's like related. Like he's watching the kid and he sees the kid like fuck up his own dog. So he's like, all right, this guy's clearly cruel. And that's one of the signs the FBI says of like, mm-hmm. you're likely to be a serial killer is when you torture animals. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was enough evidence for him. I think a lot of times we rely too much on the law to solve our issues where sometimes I'm like, yeah, we'll give up your life a little bit if you need to, right? You also will take the punishment. I don't know if somebody did something that horrible. Like sometimes I don't know if I want to wait for the law to solve it. Like I'll do it and then the law could come after me, whatever. So even Marvel realizes how dangerous it is that the Punisher is gaining popularity. And it is a great story. Like, I love the Punisher in that sense. Would I ever want to be like the Punisher? No, that's crazy. And they're they're seeing it's such a problem that they're actually going to change the logo for Punisher. To what? Something else. Just not that. I have no idea what it's going to be, but they've been talking about that. Oh, man. And then you're like, and then people are like, oh, is this cancel culture? Like, is this like, well, no, like, I mean, they wrote the character. They can write them however they want. And like, they're just doing this because I I guess they made him too appealing. Or maybe today's the psyche of people is a little crazy, too. Or maybe today people are upset at injustice in the world. And they're like, I'm tired of relying on the authorities Right. Solve the problems that they haven't solved. And so maybe there has to be another method to solve some of these particular things. Okay, but how about this? Can't just punisher is the punisher is more understandable because his whole family gets killed, right? And no one's really helping him. The people that are astonishing the Punisher logo, they're not going through those type of problems. I agree. Yeah. I yeah. So their sense of vigilantism is not even close to the same thing. Yes. And, and I'm not saying, oh, somebody stole something from a store. Like, yeah, like a fist fight, like old things like that. Like, right. sure, if somebody's trying to steal something from you, fight them or whatever, like defend yourself, everything. Mm-hmm. But this is just like, I guess it's also because it happened to women and it happened in public and it was like clearly over the top. Oh, somebody bumped into you. So you kicked them down an escalator or you're a psycho. So you push them onto the tracks at that point. I feel like it's like that is a job for the Punisher or Charles Bronson death wish where it's like, (laughs) do they really belong? Like, is this like, all right, this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to put our energy to healing these people when other people need healing. Like, no, come on. I don't know. Maybe I'm just also the type that gets upset. Like, you know, you have financial crimes where people steal like a billion dollars from pension fund people Mm. and the law is like, oh, well, we're going to send them to jail for seven years. But meanwhile, people have to work an extra 15 years of their life now before they re- retire. And to me, that's torture. You know, like waking mm-hmm. up in the cold and having to go like, part of me is like, how don't you murder that motherfucker? And if that ever happened to me, like a Bernie Madoff type situation, and that person just goes to jail for three years, like you can bet I'm if after those three years while he's in jail, I'm still like tortured where I feel like I'm mentally raping myself because I can't get over that I lost all my money, I'll just be like, I'm going to murder him because I'm sure there's a bunch of people that would think along those lines. But the thing is, it never happens. 
I feel like when somebody snaps, they always just kill random people. And it's like, why the fuck are you killing random people instead of mm. the right people? Maybe it's the psyche that breaks. Uh, so we can go another step further. Uh, Dexter. Dexter's another great example. He's a vigilante. Yeah. yeah. He's actually working for the cops, and yet he's still a vigilante. So um, do you like Dexter? Is he someone that should be idolized? I only saw like the first few episodes, but the idea of Dexter, like, yeah, like you obviously have this urge to kill. So kill for somewhat good, <laughs> like, you know, like get off on it. Okay. So, you can. yeah, I mean, Dexter's a dark, crazy man and he understands he's crazy and he yes. only only like does this. It's It's just for his personal reason. It's not. You could argue that a vigilante that wants to kill someone for doing something wrong might just also want to kill deep down. Yeah, maybe that is an interesting experience. It's not even like just kill. It's like power thing. It's like a, a desire for this power where like you feel justice to such a degree. Like, like that's the most ultimate form of justice would be taking someone's life. And I think that's how someone that's like a crazy killer can kind of see, feel that appeal. And I think there's a lot of people, everyday people that don't really make that connection that that's a psychotic feeling. Yeah. That's not a good thing. I think I'm aware of my psychotic feeling. All right. For example. So, cause I was thinking if I took that person down Mm -hmm. and I tried to hit him to slow him down and get him to stop flailing. Right. Cause chances are, he's not gonna be like, all right, cool. You got me. You took me down. So then in my head, I'm thinking, well, how many times would I hit him to get him to stop? And then at what point would if you hit him, he hits his head on the concrete, he could die. Mm-hmm. So is it are you trying to kill him or is it you're just hitting him enough to kill him? Or would you just get excited to keep hitting him? And would I also then be thinking about this girl while she got hit by the train and be like, well, I'm just going to keep hitting him because now you made me see that. Well, doesn't this illustrate the case that like that's why we have a jury? To determine the intent, to determine what was appropriate, to determine, right? That's yeah, why we but, have this. I know, but in this situation, it's so egregiously bad that it's like, no, they're going to go to jury and the jury's going to find out exactly what I thought, which is this guy's evil and he's going to send him to jail for life. And at some All point, right. it's like, what's the point? Do you think, do you think the JFK getting shot, n- no jury, just an automatic execution? And now it's like the biggest conspiracy like ever. Exactly. That's why that wasn't right, because it wasn't like a hundred. It was a sniper. We're not like a million percent sure that what was the guy's name. Oh, Oswald. Oswald. But this dude did it like he pushed the person in front of the train. Like, how is there not one man that's like, I'm going to fucking grab this dude and beat the fuck out of him? How is there not Times one? I'm square during the day. It's not like no one else is at that station. <laughs> Yeah, how is that one person beating the fuck out of them? Like that disappoints me in society. Maybe everyone does. was on their phone; they don't see it. Such a pussy. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking, maybe, yeah, maybe everybody was just on their phone. I don't know. I, I just after it happened, like how, how doesn't somebody just grab somebody that runs or something? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, in the instance I'm there, I'm definitely apprehending that guy, and if he's resisting, I'm pounding him quite a bit. I'm I'm going to make him stop or give up just so that he can get arrested. Yeah, or rear naked choke, and then I wonder how Correct. long. That, that's I what I mean. Sub- subdue him in a way that, like, I'm not going to kill him. Yeah, but a rear naked choke, you could kill him, though. 
sure anything can kill him right if i tackle him the right fall at the right spot could. no but i mean like a rear naked choke like say you at what point with a rear naked choke correct but then i'm going to depend on you know getting a trial by jury to determine if my intent was ill-willed or i was just trying to apprehend them for the cops to get him that's why we have to delete these podcasts because if this ever happens to me they're gonna be like yo anoop you've you talked about this this is evidence you really <laughs> done this exact scenario in your head <laughs> wanted to do this i'm like so you listened to the podcast did you at least leave a <laughs> didn't even rate us five stars fucking judge bitch <laughs> if you get arrested i'll just delete everything yeah just delete everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's it that's, no a, that's our fail save yeah i don't know i just think this is just another reason though i think more people should train or do something because I have trouble believing like some of the people I go to the gym with would let something like that go by without even like attempting to like help. Right. But looking at your network, people going to a gym already don't have as much problem with confrontation and contact. We're talking about the average person that they're they're afraid to even make a phone call. You think they're going (laughs) to you think they're going to like say something to someone they don't know. And even crazier, chase after them or physically touch them. I guess we're crazy because, like, part of me be like, I could finally fucking use my jujitsu. <laughs> like, I want to just <laughs> tackle you. And I get it. Like, if there's some beast, if it's like Ray Lewis, like, it's like, all right, fuck Ray Lewis. You just kick this woman by on the stairs. Like, there's no way I could fight you. But like, yeah, you're gonna kill me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll maybe like I'll. I, I gotta be more analytical about. But yo, I see may- some maybe that's how they see it too. Maybe they're like, yo, this guy can have a gun. Yeah, but still, so then you get him from behind. You gotta like, you gotta try something. I don't know. Like fucking. And I would always figure if I like took somebody down, there's gotta be somebody else that's like, all right, you took him down. Now I'm gonna help you. Yeah. So like somebody's gotta do it first. So it's like it's it's not that's like a likely. one-on-one situation. There's mm-hmm. a, there's people there. So like you be the first. Like, why are you so afraid? There's other people there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think more people should train and I think more people should like be aware because yeah, crazy people like this exist. So why not have like a little bit of an edge? God forbid, you know? So I don't know. It just really, it just made me sad. Plus then more people will be afraid to take the train. Meanwhile, like it's not like the subway is so dangerous, but like this story will just spread and then more people. Yeah, it's sensationalism. There's like millions of people that take the subway. And then like four people die and you're like, oh, shit. It's just it is getting a little worse. And it's like just fucking, I don't know. It really hurt me that more people aren't doing stuff to make a difference. And also another really good dark semi vigilante type movie is also Wind River. Mm. Wind River trigger warning has like the most brutal rape scene I've ever seen. But it's like such a great mystery dark does does prisoners have a rape scene too no but like prisoners has like they kidnap kids so it's like okay i guess like that's like hard like both of these movies i don't know some some people think that rape is like the ultimate like it's like the cheap trick in a film in a drama it's like oh if you want like if you want the audience to be appalled and get emotionally interested just throw in a rape scene no wind river does it in a really unique way and prisoners is like I, I was watching a review like somebody was like, I went to prisoners on a date. My date suggested, oh, let's watch the new Jake Gyllenhaal movie because she had a crash on Jake Gyllenhaal. And he said uh, 30 minutes into the movie, she ran out crying. 
I like it more. And when I was dating uh, my girlfriend for the first time, like I think the second or third week, I was like, oh, let's watch Wind River. And (sighs) she starts crying. (laughs) She was like, can't you pick a movie that like gets us in the mood instead of like things like that? Oh, that's so funny because my wife would do that too. She's like, why do you pick all these? Like, <laughs> I want to watch this. <laughs> that's just you and me, I guess, huh? Yeah. And then the following week, I picked Mystic River, which is also <laughs> child rape. And I was just like, no more rape moves. She's like, I'm picking the movies from yeah. now on. I'm like, this is the world we live in. <laughs> like, get ready. Like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucking amazing but yeah i don't know maybe yeah maybe we're just dark and sometimes watch too much dark shit i don't believe in totally extrajudicial killing but i feel like it's some people's right to do it if they want you know like Oof. somebody kills your thing you could kill their thing and you have to deal with the repercussions oh let me tell you this story my sister she used to work at rikers island uh, she like did grants and stuff. So she worked for the city and like her job was to create like programs to help the prisoners get therapy or something like so like, for example, she like got a grant for uh, training dogs. So these like prisoners had experience like training dogs, like German shepherds or fosters or pits. And so they could help blind people or service dogs, you know. And in fact, these prisoners loved the dogs so much where if they were bad, they weren't able to train the dogs. So they would like stop fighting. And she said, in fact, like there was like a whole housing project in the, there was two housing projects in the jail. And both of them almost got into a fight with each other over one dog that they both loved. And it, like, it was like so oh, wow. kind of cute and scary at the same time. Like some of these people are vicious. But uh, she asked one of the guards, who's the best prisoner in here? Mm-hmm. You know? And the guard was like, oh, this guy. And she was like, well, why, why is he here? And he's like in there for life. His daughter was raped. The daughter tells him, oh, yeah, this guy raped me, who was like, I think like the guy's friend. So he goes. So he goes, OK. And oh he just goes to the guy's house and just kills him. And then wow. he goes. Then he goes to the police station and he turns himself in. And they're like, all right, well, you got to go to jail now for like life. And so. I like re- respect like he's like, whatever, I'm going to do it. But part of me is like, why would you go to the cops then? Because in the end, then the daughter loses the father. So it doesn't work out. I don't know. It's just such a complex situation where it I was is. Like, yeah, like I, I can relate as a father in that, like you don't have. It's so crazy. You, if someone's wronged your child, the length you would go, it knows no bounds. So like, yeah, it, it could potentially be worse off for your child that way. I don't know. Yeah, that that's a, it's not it's not a rational decision. It's almost biological. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it like I wouldn't want to do it because then I would want to kill the person, but I would have to try to do it in a way where I would never get caught because I wouldn't want my daughter to not have a father. But I right. also understand the intrusive thoughts. And I feel like every day I would just think about that and I would drive myself crazy. So I feel like selfishly, I would have to kill the person. Otherwise, I would go insane. And then in that instance, maybe you wouldn't be a good father. Exactly. It's like, fuck. Or maybe as a father, you're like, well, no, I have good supporting family. She'll be better. But you're still being selfish because you're like, I need to do this for myself. Maybe more than her. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That is crazy.
but I also feel like, how do you give the guy 25 years? Like, whatever. Like, you're going to give him like 12. You have to. You can't. You can't. Don't give him 25. Give him 10. There was another guy. This did happen where his son was raped by a dude, like his teacher, I think, like music teacher. And he knew when the guy, this is like a famous video on YouTube, but he knew when the guy was going to get through the airport because at first he fled and then he came back and he pretended he was on the phone. Like this was like when there was pay phones. Uh And as soon as he passes him, he turns around and shoots him in the head. And then like the cops arrested him, but he got away with it. Like they were like, all right, you were temporarily psychotic or something, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. But uh, I don't know, like in the most egregious cases, like I feel like they're going to do it. How do you stop somebody from trying to right their own wrong? At least they're doing it on their own, you know? Yeah, I I can say if someone does anything wrong to my kids, I'll kill them. (laughs) How wrong, though? Like, what if I just stole Jackson's candy or some shit? Okay, obviously, that's not deserving of that type of repercussion. But yeah, if you do something permanent to them, whether that's like mentally or physically, yeah. So if I told them Santa doesn't exist, you get pissed. (laughs) They might might mess you up, actually. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly if they do something permanent permanent is a good way of qualifying that like you know like mm. all right that wasn't a temporary thing that was a permanent thing yeah you messed their life yeah yeah i think everybody does have a point to vigilanteism it's just uh at what point do you succumb to it so i feel like yeah, there has to be probably levels. yeah yeah all right cool yeah people watch those movies maybe we should have like a little fight movie uh podcast too where we could talk about some of this stuff mm. I'll definitely have to pr- watch Prisoners. It, it, it says financial, critical success. Like it was a big movie. Yeah. It was in Hulu. Do you, do you have a Hulu account? I like, do have Hulu. You? Yeah. Yeah. Watch it. I, I loved it. I just watched it again. I was like, oh, this is good. Top 10 film of 2013. All right. Yeah. Did you see Wind River too? Have you seen Wind River? I have not. What? Wind River is my favorite. You got to watch Wind River too. Like, okay. I love the philosophy. It's kind of like a Western and it's like just good and dark and like, super philosophical and a great mystery as well so all right watch both and maybe we could revisit this in a couple weeks i don't think both of those movies are trying to glorify any of it i think they look at it as like there's always it's just pain everywhere right i think that's how the punisher should be looked at too yeah yeah i felt like the punisher tv show on netflix kind of did it decently well i agree I think also, though, we have a lot of stupid people that only see it in the way they want to see it. So they don't understand symbolism or metaphors or whatever. Yeah, agreed. So maybe we just have to make everybody take like English composition again or some shit or comparative <laughs> literature. Mm. All right. Should, should we bring it back to the fights? The, this uh, this. Yeah. Is it this week that it's going to be in Ghana versus Ghan? It is. Oh, my God. So. Talk to me. Tell me, what are you feeling about this? Oh, no. Or do you want to talk about your boy Cejudo first? What would you like to begin with? We can start with either one, man. I'll, I'll start with Cejudo if you want. Yeah, we'll start by lower weight class and work our way up. <laughs> okay, sure. Well, I mean, there's also Davison Figueredo versus, um, what's his face on that card? Uh, Brandon Moreno. Oh, holy shit. I forgot. All right. And that's that, that's the lightest. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the lightest. So that, that would come up first if you're thinking along those lines. But um, I think that's going to be a fun fight. I'm curious how much Davison learned um, with Cejudo. 
Yeah, and he's training with Cejudo. He said Cejudo's going to be in... Cejudo's just injecting himself into every single fucking storyline. Like, there's no storyline where Cejudo's... I don't think he's doing that for popularity, per se, though. I think he's a huge resource for guys like Figueredo. I think so, too, but I also think it's also the popularity and money. Like, he's aware, like, of sure. the sadness, like the business side of things. Sure. Um. I have no idea how that fight's going to go out. I see it 50-50. Like, you know, Moreno could win. Figueredo could hit him. Um, I don't think, like, each per- either person improved that much maybe in the last six months. Or, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I- I'm super stoked for it. Uh, are we going to see a more dangerous Figueredo or the same Figueredo? That'll be really interesting because Figueredo was also known to not have great gas or not train as hard. So... We'll see if those things change. And I feel like rely on his power. That's the other thing too, though. He always has great power. So if, if Brandon Moreno just for some instance can't avoid it, he will go down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's also, that's like a hard thing to rely on your power when you're a smaller fighter. Yes. I think. Yeah. You know, because it's not like you have crazy, crazy power like Ngana. And I think endurance plays a bigger factor. Speed, it's harder to connect against those dudes like Moreno. And they're just moving at such a different pace. Yeah, I'm excited about that fight. And I think it's going to be a great juxtaposition with uh, the heavyweight fight. Like just seeing both of them (laughs) running around and like double speed. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Do you think Cejudo thinks like, I mean, because Figueredo won the championship. And I remember Cejudo had some choice words like, oh, this bum winning the championship like this is my belt and now he's like training him and i find that so funny i think cejudo's thinking like oh like do you think cejudo beats him up in training i think i think when cejudo trains with figueredo he's thinking like oh this is for the belt and like i think he goes oh i would have won so that's that's the belt and it doesn't matter to me plus cejudo wants 135 and 145 yeah and so if you lose to 135 that's fine he doesn't want to lose the 125. So to him, I think it's like, why even fight that? Like, let me retire the champ at like as both those, but he's okay losing at 135 or 145 because he's supposed to. Yep. But 125 would be a little bit worse for his legacy. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Suhudo, I gotta get this because Volk got a fight scheduled with Korean Zombie, who I don't think deserves a title shot at all. I get it. It was supposed to be Max. Max got injured. But you know who else is also injured? Korean zombie. He's he injured a, right now? Yeah, he has a slap tear on his shoulder and he's still going through with this fight. And you're like, oh. it, he'll get approved by the commission for whatever reason. I don't know why. I, I think he's like recovering from it or something or like, I don't even think he had the surgery. What kind of tear you said? A slap tear. S-L-A-P. It's just an acronym for the type of tear in the shoulder it is. Okay. But it's severe. And like he's fighting and I don't even think a Korean zombie prime is going to beat Volk, but also like, so for one, he's hurt, but does, does he really get a win? I mean, he beats Dan Age, but he got worked against Ortega the fight before that. So be- beating Age get, gets you the title shot, I guess, especially over Cejudo. And Dana White comes in to say like, oh, well, he's been retired for so long. You can't just retire and then come back and fight in any weight class you want. And you're like, yo, what are you saying? GSP, Conor McGregor? What are you talking about, dude? If anyone has a claim, it is Cejudo. But yeah. to be fair to to be fair to Zombie, he had lost to Ortega, 
But prior to that, he beat Frankie Edgar. He beat Moicano. He did. And he lost. He lost to Yair at the last second. Yeah. And but before that, he beat Bermudez. Before that, he lost Aldo. And he beat like even Poirier, Hominick, Garcia. Like, yeah, like he and he also lost two years because in South Korea, you have to serve in the (laughs) army. Yeah. I just feel like Korean zombie is not undeserving. I can see Henry Cejudo making a claim, but Cejudo did retire. In this sense, I kind of do agree with Dana, but he did retire because Dana doesn't pay him enough. Okay, yeah, but l- l- let's just call it what it is, though. Connor and GSP did both those things without being double champion. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. So he's going to, he's. So don't tell me that that's your rubric. Like, tell me if you're going to tell me, oh no, so who doesn't sell? That's fine. Say it. Don't give that your reasoning then. And then here's yeah. the thing. You're not going to say that, that he doesn't sell because that diminishes your sport, right? You can't even say that anymore because now you're saying the selling of it is greater than the sport. So you basically care about money more than the actual sport. If there was something else that gave you more money, you would just do that. So don't tell me about about the sport. He's always cared about that. And he, he also can't say that because these are champions he's talking about. And he's like, oh, my champion doesn't sell. Well, it doesn't sell because you're the fucking... You're the promoter. It's your job to make it sell. So here's the thing. Even if he said like, oh, okay, he doesn't sell. I'd respect them more, you know, like, all right, whatever. But now you're you're admitting like you're into the selling in money more than the sport of MMA itself, which is already like, okay. But even if you're thinking from a selling aspect, you're telling me that if Suhudo fights and happens to beat Volk, which I think is pretty strong case. Really? You don't, you don't think that Henry Cejudo was going to start selling pay-per-views at that point? Exactly. As a triple That's a champ, no-brainer to me. Especially as a triple champ and especially as an American gold medalist. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, Cejudo would go he- down as the greatest UFC fighter of all time. I, I, you have to make that case. He's the first to do three weight classes. No one's ever not only would he go, Not only would he go down as the greatest UFC fighter of all time, he'd go down as the greatest combat athlete of all time. I mean, they're already saying that he is that. But that's like, there's no room for debate there. I wouldn't say that yet because he didn't defend his belt and he beat Dominic Cruz. Like, I don't know, but it's He beat the brakes off the champions. He destroyed a Dillashaw who was dominant and on EPO. Look, I like Cejudo. I'm I'm not not an anti-Cejudo. Yeah, I'm just my my, my point is not even that Cejudo deserves it, which I think he does. If he wants that shot, then he I think he has a great shot at getting it, especially compared to who else is left in the division. He makes much more sense than Korean zombie to me. I agree. If Does you're Korean zombie sell more, maybe if zombie is hurt. If zombie has a tear, you give that to Cejudo because he is a double champ and a gold medalist. And it's not like you're just giving it to a Connor, which you would that hasn't done as much as Cejudo. <laughs> Right. He's not going to give it to Korean. He's going to give it to Korean zombie because Korean zombie is not going to ask for as much to fight. That's what the truth is. It's so pathetic, but he's not going to sell as much either. It's like he's like trying to set a precedent that like, yep. I don't need any of you. And that's what Francis Ngannou is saying. And you could see that he's trying to shit on Ngannou and he shit on Stipe before Ngannou. Like he didn't like Stipe either. And these are like such easy fighters to promote. Stipe is like fucking all American and an immigrant. And fucking a firefighter. 
And Nganu's coming from sand mines and is like super international and the scariest dude ever in the UFC. And you can't just pay them as being like the greatest heavyweight champions fucking ever. Like pay them fucking yeah. people. So we can get into that. So I, I just looked up the Korean zombie just to make sure. Yeah. So in a video, in a video blog, the end of November, uh, Korean zombie revealed that he's still suffering from a serious slap tear in his shoulder that occurred in his fight with Dan Ige. And he was going on to say, I'm not going to be provoking anyone anytime soon because uh, my shoulders aren't in the best condition. So I don't know when I'm going to be fighting next. And then shortly thereafter, he accepts this fight. So, yeah, kind of interesting to see. In terms of Naganu, I'm really interested in the outcome of this fight because even though I think Cyril Gan will beat him, I would love to see Naganu win just for the fact that What's going to happen after that? Like, is he really just going to not fight again? Is he because re- he says he's not going to fight for 500k anymore? He's like, if I don't get paid a million after this fight, I'm not fighting. It'll be interesting because when you win and you're the champion, that's supposed to extend your contract automatically. Like, you're still contracted to fight for UFC. But does he just hold out and not fight again? Does he take it? Like, I, I wonder what the fallout is, and that's really the only reason why I'd like to see Nagano win. Is just to see what that fallout's going to look like. In a way, I think it's almost a lose-lose because if Ngano loses, he is free from his contract and he could fight anybody anywhere like Tyson Fury. Yeah. But it loses some aura if he loses. Right. And if he wins, fucking Dana White's going to just, I don't know, find like another interim. He's going to do some bullshit where he's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, I don't really want to pay you and I'm just going to keep you on the fucking bench for what a year two years like who right. knows what he might do right it's so pathetic. I, I can add another instance right Nate, Nate Diaz was supposed to fight Dustin Poirier but Dana nixed that one too and that's that's Nate's last fight on the contract too correct correct and that's and why he he's knows, doing that and he knows Nate will fight fucking Jake Paul something yeah. that'll make him so much money yep it's it's and this is look this this is now three instances we named three big instances where Dana is hurting the sport. So, like, I feel very justified when I say things like, fuck Dana White. I agree with you. I think yeah. Dana White was the person that you needed to bring this sport from a yes. $2 million company yes. to a $5 billion company. But to bring it from $5 billion to $100 billion, like the NFL, you need somebody that is going to be like, no, start looking at the people like talent instead of like fucking pawns. Correct. That's exactly and, and it. We're, and we're not, we're talking about the best of the best. If he's treating the best of the best like this, how is he treating the lowest fucking people? Right. So he is the roadblock in these three different instances where we all want to see these things transpire. Right. Even Connor, even, I'm sorry, but even yeah. after Connor beat uh, Cerrone, Connor said he wanted to have like three more fights that year. Yep. And, 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 and Dana White was like, no. And it's just like, even right now, like Connor's on the shelf. Connor wants to fight, but you know why? He's saving Nate for only Connor. That's it. Okay, that that I understand. He's not so like in Nate's perfect world. I mean, the, the UFC is going to play it like this. Like they they want him to verse Connor for his comeback fight, and that'll be it. Hope that Connor wins, and then Nate see you, Nate. Nate's idea would be like, "Yo, let me fight anyone right now, since that my last contract." You know UFC will offer him another fight if it's just first Connor. Even if it's not, like, I mean, Nate Diaz can ride off into the sunset if he does verse Connor and then his next fight is Jake Paul. Dude's gonna make all the money there is, especially if he beats Connor. 
It'll be huge. Dude, if he fights Jake Paul, he's getting five million. Right. There's no way he doesn't make five million. Right. So this is why like Nate wants him. out for sure. Like he just like, yo, let me fight my last fight. He probably doesn't give a fuck who it is. Yeah. And then again, Jake Paul, that's the payday. I mean, if you fight Connor again, that's a huge payday too. But to have back to back Connor and Jake Paul would be huge. Dude, that would be such a great legacy if Nate Diaz beats Connor and then that pisses off Dana. And then he goes to Jake Paul and fucks up Jake Paul and that would be like the ultimate, like, fuck you to the sport. Like, that'd be yep. so. Awesome. That would be the most Diaz ending to a Diaz career. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, I, w- I want Nganu to win just to put the pressure on Dana. Like, if he loses, like, that's what Dana wants. Right. Like, you, right. Need to, you need Nganu to win to put the pressure on Dana and be like, yo, I'm the heavyweight champion. If I'm going to fight Tyson Fury, you should want me to fight Tyson Fury. And if you want me to fight in the UFC, give me, you're saying a million dollars. Like Anthony Joshua is making like 30 million and he's not even, it's like, you're trying to be the best sport in the world. I get not giving 30 million, but like, how are you not going to pay some of like the best of the best, a couple million to retain your talent? Yeah. It's disappointing. And it kind of just makes it seem like a little, like little league, like college, like fucking football. Like, Oh no, we're not going to pay you guys ever. Like, Meanwhile, college football NCAA makes like billions and billions of dollars. Yep. Like give the fucking players an extra grand so they could eat. Like it's not even like give them like 20 grand, like or let them fucking sell their jersey or give them like a grand for them being in the NCAA ESPN game or whatever, you know? Yep. And And the fact that they're still going to be stingy with how they're spending their money, because what they did is they just had their most successful fiscal year Mm -hmm. right? ever. And what they do this year. They raised the prices for ESPN. They raised the prices for the UFC pay-per-views. Or you just had your best fiscal year ever. And you're not going to pay the fighters more. And you're going to raise prices, right? Like, this is getting crazy. Like, even, Dana- 1FC, even 1FC is giving $50,000 bonuses to everyone. They're not banking as much money. Not nearly. That's insane. How are you not giving $50,000 to every knockout? Like, you, you want to you generate, like, energy? Or just and, like, minimum exciting- pay. Yeah, or minimum pay. Yeah, exactly. Like minimum. What Jake Paul said, 50 Gs. Yeah. There you go. Give everybody 50,000 for fighting. You have 10, you have 20 people in a card. So what does it come out to like a million dollars? You're getting that from ESPN. Like fucking just do it. Obviously, it'll be a little bit more because some people get a lot more. (laughs) But I think you want to have a better quality of athlete. And you can if they're working at Walgreens on the side. Even if they were left less um guarantees and people just got more revenue share like hey you're gonna make 10 percent of the gate five percent of the buys you're like all right then people are just getting what they're selling they're getting what they're worth like that still is something representative of what they're worth like right now you're giving them way less like you're not even giving them that or like Part of their crypto.com revenue. They're all wearing those shirts. They can't fucking sell their own flyers or whatever. Like, yeah. I really hope Nganu wins. And regardless, it's annoying that we're talking about like money stuff. Like Niners and Cowboys played today. No one's thinking, like, oh my God, like about the money. They're just so who's yeah. gonna fucking win? Yep. Like make it a sport, make it good. And now it's like gone and Nganu. You're not talking about like the athleticism and the abilities of gone and like the freak strength of. Nganu or Nganu's history, like Nganu coming from a sand mine in Cameroon and yep. 
illegally immigrating to France and working his way. Or Gan, who's like the son of an immigrant from like the Caribbean, who's like a soccer player turned like Muay Thai guy turned into fighter just recently. He's also like a prodigy, like only been training for like eight years. And the two best heavyweights in the world right now happen to train together. Like that's like such an amazing, epic fairy tale type story. And here's Dana White injecting himself because he's making it all about money. You know, And, and the people hate when athletes are greedy. So like when the major league baseball players strike, nobody's like, Oh, I feel for the baseball players. It's like, dude, you're making 20 million. What you want to make 35 million? Like go fuck yourself. Like I'm not going to like care about you compared to the owner. Like I get it. Owners make more, but you're still Mm -hmm. making 20 million. Like, but with the UFC, it's like some of these people are making like 150 grand and they could be poor in seven years and they could break their legs. You know, like they're going to get brain damage. Like they're the type of people that deserve to make like two mil, you know, like and then it's like, all right, cool. You made a few million. People won't shit on you, Dana White, but you're just being extra cheap. Yeah, I think people also like maybe the general public is like, oh, you know, hundreds of thousands should be what most professional athletes get. And you're like, well, I don't know about that because if you're a professional athlete is going to be taking a lot of damage and only lasting for 10 years and they're still going to live another 40 years after that, is that enough money? Like, I think if we looked at it from like career span of money, then maybe would see people would see like, oh no, that's a problem with that pay. I don't even think people think a hundred hundreds of thousands is enough because they realize to be an athlete, the average athlete is going to have what a few years of peak. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to cram 20 years of right. work into like a few years. like And plus hundreds of grands now is a house. And the economy goes down. Your house goes down. You lose the value. So it's like I feel like what used to be a few hundred grand is like now a million. And there's yeah. no way that the heavyweight champion of the world, the person that could beat up most people in the world, a person that will sell a million pay-per-views that you'll make like $50 million off of, you're not giving a couple million dollars to, so he's at least making a million after taxes. Yeah, he's only his his money is 500k. That's pathetic. Yeah, and especially when you have to pay. He's so one of the coaches. most well paid ones too. So that's crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, Connor he'll fucking suck his dick and do whatever he needs to do. But in, even Connor he fucks around with and doesn't give him fights that he wants. So correct. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting over Dana. Like part of, there's some things about Dana that I love, but. Yeah, that in the me. end, now he's being so stingy. But who knows? Maybe these are his bosses at William Morris Endeavor. And maybe they just need somebody like Dana to you know take what? the blame. Yeah, maybe it was ESPN's decision to raise the prices of the pay-per-views. And that's what Dana maybe. said. Dana said yeah. it was on ESPN. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about these other fights on the card because there are other good fights on this card. Who else so, is on the card? So Michael Pereira is fighting. Michael Pereira is always exciting. Yeah. Guys are freak. He's the um, one that does all the somersaults and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then you have Greg Hardy versus Alexei Olenek. Ooh, Olenek, really? Yeah, which is exciting. Olenek in that, like, it. go ahead. Who was Hardy supposed to fight? Because Hardy was supposed to fight somebody that got injured. Oh, I don't know if he was supposed to fight someone else. But Olenek is the guy he's fighting. And it's, you know, knockout versus submission power right there. So that's always fun. And, and again, I love Greg Hardy against- got 11 fights and Olenek's got like 70. So I love rooting against Greg Hardy too. So me too. And I like Olenek. So it makes it easier. Okay. That's, that's a good fight. Then you have <laughs> Saeed, Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Cody Stallman, which I think is a really good fight too. 
I don't know anything about them, but I'll always assume that right, well, is going to win. <laughs> so. Right. Khabib's boy. But Cody Stallman's really good guy. He's a really good fighter. Yeah. Anybody whose last name ends in OV and is Muslim. Yeah. I assume he's like a beast. Yeah. Even on the undercard, uh, Rodolfo Vera is fighting. He's, you know, jujitsu legend. He's eight and one in, Uf- in uh, MMA. He's fighting. Uh, and Ilya Tapuria is a real big threat too. He's an 11 and 0 fighter on the prelims. He's something to look out for. He's versing a guy that's 15 and 0, but I don't know this guy. Mavsar Evloev. Wow. So two, that's kind of crazy for a prelim, have two undefeated fighters with that many fights. Yeah. Yeah. 11 and 0 and 15 and 0. I'm like, dang. What makes Rodolfo Vieira a jiu-jitsu legend? I never heard of him. Oh, Rodolfo Vera is a four-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, seven-time World Cup champion. Damn. Yeah, he's real deal. I mean, all of his grappling in UFC is pretty much everything. But um, yeah, where is it? He lost to Almeida. Uh, and then ADCC gold too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. I remember Dean beat him once in ADCC, which was pretty sick. Back in the day, of like yeah. I mean, if you're looking at world championship, gold, 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 silver, gold, silver, World Cup, gold, gold, gold. This is you know, uh, World Cup mean. And and a lot of those silvers were the absolute division. So when right. he's probably going against like 50 pounds heavier, everything yep. in his division, he was gold. Yeah, and he won some gold in the absolutes as well. That's insane. Yeah. So yeah, this guy's as as good as it gets in jujitsu, but. He did lose to Anthony Hernandez in his last fight, who I think is a blue or purple belt. And Anthony Hernandez beat him by submission guillotine. Because he beat him up, though, and tired him out, correct? He did. But I've, again, you guillotine a jiu-jitsu legend. It's kind of a big deal. That was pretty awesome. It, is, it, it reminded me of Alistair Overeem guillotine choking Vitor Belfort. Interesting. Yeah, it, it gave me those vibes where I'm like, Oh man, I've seen like this happen in another generation now. It's crazy. Let's see. And this guy, Rodolfo, he's been in the UFC for four fights. His first two fights, he won by submission with arm triangle choke. Yep. Then he lost to Anthony Hernandez, like you said, to a guillotine, which yep. is kind of crazy because I feel like that's the one that's, if you're great, the easiest to get out of, no? And I mean, like, people get caught with him and it's still... Yeah, it's not as high a percentage as some others, but it's still viable. And he won his last fight, though, with a rear naked choke. So he still has three submission wins in the UFC. Yep. Um, but yeah, he has one submission loss. Yeah, okay, now I'm excited. I'm glad you told me about him. Yeah, he's fighting uh, Wellington Terman, who is 17 and 5. Yeah, it's a good card overall. Even the prelims have some nice little highlights. It's good. Yeah, Pereira always brings a good fight, too. Yeah. And of yeah. course, Moreno Figueredo is going to be sick. Nagano Gan is going to be sick. So it's a great card. Uh, yeah, I think all of this is in Ganu Gan. And you're taking Gan, right? Because of his movement. Yeah, he just, I'm, I'm always going to take the guy that looks technically better. I just think you can't avoid, Fr- well, I guess Stipe avoided Francis for a few rounds, but Stipe look was at, able to look avoid at Tyson the Fury and Deontay Wilder. Same thing. You're betting on Deontay Wilder right now. I see. I don't look at it that way, though. That Plus, is I feel it. Like Francis, Francis has been working on his takedowns, and I think it's a lot easier to hit somebody in the UFC than in boxing because, like, what what 
Francis did to Rosenstrike. Like Rosenstrike is a way more accomplished striker, but Francis just bum rushed him. Like, can Ghana avoid the bum rush? Like, I don't think anybody could avoid a bum rush. Like, because it's it's just like right in your face. Like, he's gonna have to like run away from him. See, I think the difference is Rosenstruck is a flat foot fighter. Cyril Ghan is not. Well, you're right about that. But yeah. still, like, he's gonna catch him unless he runs that sloppily at him where Gon can just one shot knock him out. But it seems like though that's not Gon's game of one shot. Uh-huh. He beats the shit out of you. And Gon is still big. He's bigger than I thought. The way he moved, I thought he was like 230, like a slim stipe, but he's like 250. So he's like thick. But Francis is like 270. Yeah. So not only am I going to bet on Cyril Gon, and I know he's more of a decision fighter, but I actually think he's going to TKO Nagano. And what? Like third round, fourth round? I don't know when. Yeah, probably somewhere in like second would be early. Probably, I guess third, maybe. Yeah, third would be a good bet just to hedge. I, I just don't think. But I'm just going to look mean... at the odds of TKO, and that's probably what I'm going to bet. Okay. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad one. I'm I have to go with Ngannou. I just don't think you could avoid it that long. Stipe was able to do it, but that was a much greener Ngannou. I mean, he's been trading at Extreme Couture, like he's been having years, like years, and he does have some experience with Gan. I just don't see like him falling to that. He right seems now, like a right now Gan is like uh, this time minus one forty five. It keeps getting more favored for Gan. Gan is a favorite. Yeah. How much are the odds for Francis by TKO? Let's see. They don't have, I don't have the odds yet for that. That's a prop bet. It usually comes within like 24 hours. Right now, there's just over unders on rounds. What is the one round? Uh, they do one and a half. So one and a half, it's, if you're betting over, it's minus 175. If you're betting under one and a half, so within the first round, it's plus 135. So 100 wins 135? If you're betting that it's less than if it finishes in the first round. Yeah. I wonder how much a bet I, I, I would like to do Nganu first round, second round. Yeah. Then your odds would be pretty freaking good because Nagano's is plus 118 and the under of one round is, you know, 135. So you're probably looking at a pretty decent bet odds wise. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Normal. Either way, though, this is the best the UFC heavyweight division has been because I'd like to see any of them fight Stipe, and I'd also like to see any of them fight uh, John Jones. If Francis wins, him versus Jones becomes the biggest fight ever. But will it happen? That's why I'm so intrigued by this. Is like I, I want to bet on Gan. I think he's the technically better fighter. It's just if Nganu wins, things just are a little bit more interesting. Dude, if Nganu wins then Dana's fucked because John Jones also wants more money and John Jones is not afraid of sitting out either. And this would be like both of the top heavyweights being like, yo, we're not fighting. Like you got to give us like 5 million each. And they'd be right because a Francis Ngannou versus John Jones fight is going to sell 2 million. Yep. Okay. Even if it sells 1 million pay-per-views, it's all over sports center and a heavyweight fight has a different aura than a regular fight. It just does. And you got to embrace that. Plus, John Jones is the GOAT. So Francis beating the GOAT and or John Jones, like everybody hates John Jones. But if John Jones can beat Francis, then it's almost like, holy fuck, you're definitely the GOAT. Yep. And if Francis beat John Jones, it's like, holy fuck, this random dude from Africa 
became world heavyweight champ, how many other great talents are out there that haven't made it where people don't know who they are, you know? Yeah, well, I wonder if they're thinking like, all right, if Cyril Gaon wins, then he's going to fight John Jones and it'll be just as big. I think John Jones is still going to hold out for more money. It's just with Francis doing it too, then they're both holding out for more money. I also think if Cyril Gaon wins, he's also going to eat, drink the Kool-Aid and be like, yo, give me way more money too. Dana mm-hmm. can no longer be the cheap fuck that he is because once you make it, your agent is going to be like, I know what your worth is. And so there's plenty of people that are like, yo, I know your worth. You're going to fight for it. And once somebody tells you, yo, this is what you're worth. That's what you're going to ask. If people told us, yo, you guys are getting a thousand fucking listens on your podcast. So really you should be getting like five grand for every commercial. We're going to be like, yo, fucking, we're going to have a different attitude the next time we make the podcast. It's just going to happen. You know, we're going to be like, yo, all this extra talking we're doing for nothing. Like, fuck you, pay me. Yeah. And I just think Dana's at a point now where you're screwed. These people aren't stupid anymore. They all have good financial, not all, but I think a lot of them do have good financial advisors now. And they've learned from the internet and previous athletes losing all their money that be smart. Yeah. Especially when you're in heavyweight and you could get knocked out in 10 seconds. Like, you know, like you're fighting people that could like literally kill you. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see next week what happens for sure, regardless. Yeah, definitely. This is the most excited I've been about heavyweights in a long, long time. And either way, it's a win because each person has an incredible story. But just to make the pressure a little bit longer on Dana and because I want to see like Jones go against the best, I would love to see Francis Jones. Like, I just think that's Dude, to one me, of those fairy tale fights. To me, the kettle is whistling. That time is done with Dana. I'm like, if Nagano wins and has this holdout, that has to be what breaks the iceberg. Like, there's no, I can't imagine any more. All right, I think that, that's fun to end on tonight. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh. Okay, so uh, beyond this podcast, you guys know that I'm also a teacher. I teach about geography and environmental and economic issues are very important to me. And so I actually have a startup. It's uh, like an Uber for everything or an Airbnb for everything. So on Airbnb, you could rent out your house. Well, on Renta, you could rent out any good service or space. So if you have a wet vac or a pressure washer that you're not really using all the time, rent it out. Or if you are a jujitsu black belt and you offer private lessons, you could rent that out at any price. Or if you have gym space, you could rent that out. Or if you're a nutritionist on the side. The idea is I wanted to help freelancers make money and you keep 100% of everything that you ask for. And uh, the idea is to reduce consumption and keep money local. You could also look at it as uh, the next generation of Craigslist. And so if you like the podcast and you kind of trust me, I would love if you check out the app and download it. If I become rich, we could just keep making fight content all the time. So uh, give it a look. Renta, that's R-E-N-T-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.